0: hi hi i just have to remind you and everybody that according that when i travel like that that my brain arrives three days after my body hey so i'm on three second satellite delay it's five o'clock in the morning or maybe four i
1: lost track you look fantastic so we have a good starting point
0: makeup and stuff yeah
1: hi It was so scary while you were gone. There was so many responsibilities that I had. So I feel like I'm like, okay, good, Carol's back.
0: Welcome to my world. (laughs) Yes, yes. But it's always fun to have a playmate in the sandbox.
1: It is. The
0: sandbox is is much more fun. Although I have to say that in London, we had 26, 24 students at the Queen's Club. Too bad it was un sad I miss the Queen she's one of my favorites yeah and but we were at the Queen's Club which is where they hold Wimbledon it's like the tennis place in everywhere and then we did a core and then we had to cancel the master class and we combined the advanced with the master class because the country shut down on the Monday So we did a two day advanced and did a master class discussion, problem solving thing on the Sunday. And then I had two days off and then I went to Ireland and we did a three day core Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we did a three day pain and injury, but they were for national training center students and their neuromuscular therapists. That's what NTC does. So it was like treating, like training a whole class of combination, physical therapists, manual osteo, osteopaths, more than massage therapists, but right someplace. Yeah. And they're used to following instructions. So when I said, do not move your hands, no scrubby circles. I had 20, what do we have in Ireland? 20 some odd students that all didn't move their hands, but their faces, they know what muscles should do. So when you explain that one, you run the frequency to quiet the accessory nerve that only the upper trapezius is going to soften. And you say that, and they like internally roll their eyes during the lecture, but during the practicum. So now when we do a practicum, for those of you that are coming to Chicago, now when we do a practicum, we do the supine cervical practicum If there's three people per table, we do it three times in a row. So everybody has the same experience. And I don't do a demo. You don't have to with that one. Right. Only the upper trapezius goes, like, disappears. And you see the look on their face like, what? But just, huh? And then only when you run torn and broken in the ligaments do just the lateral suboccipitals turn to pudding because the reason that the lateral suboccipitals are tight is to provide stability because the alar ligaments are asymmetrical so when you run torn and broken in the alar ligaments the lateral suboccipitals say oh thank god i'll relax now and to watch the look on their face was like it was so much fun yeah and for just that yeah to the experience that you and I have of that's not possible. yeah. and then it happens. yeah. yeah. And then I went to Germany. It was really fun.
1: I feel like this episode is going to be just a whole bunch of catch up of what both of us have been doing without each other for the past month.
0: And every time you did a podcast, I got a notice of the podcast, but then it was three o'clock in the morning and it's yet, no,
1: not going to happen. Sorry. So, what'd you do? Did you have fun? So, yeah, as stressful as it was, I had a lot of fun. I'm sure the QA might have some differences of opinion, but I had a lot of really great feedback actually, because here's the thing you don't realize how all encompassing your brain and skill set and knowledge and mileage is because when you and i talk like we cover so many pieces of that of the of all different professions and capabilities and clinicians and so to replicate that with guests is really tricky
0: so just to let you know Number one, if you do anything 300,000 times, you make it look easy. You better be good at it or you should find another job. So that's on me. And then the other thing is because, remember, do you remember the speed dating? Yes. When you said, what's your superpower? Yes. That was a game changer because it's the first time I've ever thought of it. And it was synthesis. So it's, when I open my mouth, it's not just me. It's having listened to Roger Billica for seven years and reading his slides and Jim Oshman and Jay Shaw and Ben Catholi, and Dave Burke and, and just, and you, right? And yeah, so you synthesize all of that
1: and there you go. And there you are. So yeah. I tried to synthesize. I had that word and message in my forebrain as I was planning out the guests each week, trying yes. to check the boxes. Short of having a veterinarian on, I think I did an okay job. What I miss? We had we had Dave Burke and Ben Cotholi, The three of us were on together, and that was. I was worried we were going to break the internet because it was way too much fun. It was
0: hilarious. I got a. Text message from Ben Catholi at some at godly hour. Something about give the limbic amygdala a nap, a muzzle. Put a muzzle on the amygdala. It's no give the limbic system a nap. Yes, it's not just the amygdala. The amygdala <laughs> would be one thing, but when you put it together with the hip with the hippocampus, yeah, and then the thalamus, and when you figure out that everything every pathway into the brain from the spinal cord goes through the cerebellum, but it doesn't go just to the cerebellum, it goes to the thalamus, then it goes to the hippocampus. So the thalamus says, is this scary? And before it goes to the sensory cortex, it goes instantaneously in a billionth of a second. It goes through the hippocampus. Did you ever feel this before? Was this scary or bad? And then the hippocampus asks the amygdala, was this scary? Is this this scary? Was it awful? And the amygdala says, yeah, it was really awful. And the hippocampus says to the thalamus, yeah, it was really awful. And then before it goes to the sensory cortex, it goes back to the cerebellum. And the thalamus says to their cerebellum, the amygdala and the hippocampus said, this was really scary and really awful and you shouldn't let it move. And then it goes to the sensory cortex that says, hey, you're about to move your right leg, but it's not going to do what you tell it to do. So don't worry about it. And all of that happens faster than electricity and synapses. And those are some of the conversations I had with Giuseppe Vicello in Norupin at a symposium that was put on by writer on I can't even remember the name of it but it was and he is a quantum physicist and it's like oh it and all so tell that to Ben Catholi and Burke.
1: I will tell them anything I just love talking to them and Fun? they're There's so much fun and we were laughing more than anything. So I apologize to the people that tuned in. There's 50 people that were on live. They got a whole bunch of, we were dancing. We were pretending we were like the Brady bunch. It was just like a, it was a thing, but bringing those two on with their mileage and their stories is I think the important piece of it because they're in the trenches with this modality in a clinical setting. And I feel like with them and their schedules and their credentials, they can do it. It gives us hope for, I I get sidetracked sometimes having somebody for an hour. And my practice has changed so much over the years that I'm like Ben right now, where I truly enjoy spending time with one machine sometimes and one patient. And just because I had the luxury of just seeing one patient in that hour, asking the questions and listening to their stories and listening to the tissue. So I feel like I've really slowed down my approach because I can. And I'm at the part of my practice where I really want to, I want to experiment. I want the frequencies to do more. And this is where I have a story to tell you about the frequency that I hated for years, but It's always been burning in the back of my brain that it is a relevant frequency. And I just have not been smart enough to figure out what to pair it with yet, but I think I'm onto something. Okay. Go for it. 475. Oh, nerve sheath. Nerve sheath. I've been in love with this frequency. I've been obsessed with this frequency since my first advanced. I wanted it to do something.
0: Yeah, me too, and I've never gotten it to do anything. So I'm really interested in what because George made it up. <sighs> There's no such thing.
1: He made it up for a reason, and I have to hold his vision in my heart because I think about. It's funny you say that because I was thinking about Georgia ten when I was playing around with it. Now I know why. So I think where we are at with frequencies, we're learning so much about the sequencing of them, right? Things are now more time dependent. We have to run this before we run that, or we have to go back to something. So I was always using nerve sheath in a way that it would be like adhered or stuck or scarred, like a nerve would be. And it's not, it's the opposite. So when we start talking to like Ben and Dave, and they're all about increasing the vitality and increasing the secretions and nerve trauma. I've been using those once I have almost like how I do with the reestablishing neural connection and rebooting. I've been implementing it after afraid to move it and helping the cerebellum find the tissue by increasing the secretions to the nerve sheath with movement.
0: Interesting. And see, if you, if I was going to think of the n- nerve sheath, because I'm not there yet, I, know. I would think of it as the glial cells. Only thing that, and the glial cells are structural, Yeah. but are also immune modulated. So if I was going to do anything with the nerve sheath, I'd probably do 40.
1: And that's t- what I was doing all the time. And it didn't work. It didn't do anything.
0: Okay, so vitality.
1: So I'm doing the opposite.
0: Interesting. And see, I yeah, okay. I'll add it to the things I try because whereas you guys are going to one machine, I take what I think of as neurology and have that and modulate that whole conversation at one time so I have a picture of six machines on one patient at in London and it was to quiet down the hippocampus and the amygdala and the thalamus all at one time because you do 40 and 89 yeah and then you do 40 and 92 just forget everything the hippocampus and the thalamus And just forget everything they just told you. And then you quiet down the spinal cord sensitization. That's Jay Shaw. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, Ben Catholi and Dave Burke and Jay Shaw are all going to be at the advanced in February.
1: I don't know how you're going to do this.
0: I don't either. But I'm so excited because now that my brain is back, I'll have the schedule done by Friday because things have been a little preoccupying since april yeah here yeah anyway so they're they all know they're coming and the best bait to get burke here is to tell him that catholi is coming and the best bait for catholi is to tell him burke is coming and the best bait for jay shaw is just to ask him to come and do six hours worth of lecture in 90 minutes it's okay
1: Yeah. And for those of you who have not seen a Jay Shaw lecture in person, it's the most fun you can have. His slides are fantastic. His lecture style is so smooth for such complex topics. You walk out of there thinking, finally, I've got this neurology thing down. He's amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. And the bait for everybody else is just those three headliners that you just said. So I guess we're going to see Everybody in Phoenix in February. And
0: and the thing I learned in German, because we were working with the Meg Healy and the Healy Group, was they do a better job of celebrating and team building and acknowledgement. So for everybody that hears this, either in person or on YouTube, we're going to celebrate at the advanced. And we're going to acknowledge the people that have been with, fsm the most been to the most seminars been doing this longest and because it's a a, an advanced that includes case reports practitioners have the opportunity to share their stories with each other yeah and we have lunch and dinner together so i'm pretty excited about all that
1: yeah. me too and I understand people would like to still maybe are isolating and like to do things live stream and whatever but there is something so special about the about being present at the advanced being there it is really indescribable it's the most special meeting I've ever been to and I think a lot of people feel it the way that's why you have so many repeat offenders that come year after year <laughs>
0: Family reunion—it's the one place you go in the whole year. You may do a lot of continuing ed through the year, but it's the one place you go in the year where you can talk to people that understand what you're, what you do, what yeah. you know, and that is integrated. So, at one table we have, thanks to Candace Elliott, we have t- special interest groups. So I table of people that deal with ptsd and you can have an acupuncturist a psychologist a psychiatrist a neurologist a gp a do and a chiropractor and an acupuncturist all sitting at the same table talking about the same thing and creating a i don't know a synthesis Mm -hmm. yeah
1: the relationships that you build, the bond that you share with the fellow FSM practitioner, and doesn't even have to be the same profession as you. I know a lot of times we go to the continuing education seminars. And for the most part, we're all the same profession. If you go to a PT, everybody's PT, everybody's a trainer, everybody's a dentist. But this is so unique because you have so many different practitioners from so many walks of life. And going through the the list of people that I had on for the month, these were the people that I bonded with at these seminars. And they are, they've become some of the closest friends, even though I haven't known them as long as I've known many of my friends. I have this very deep and profound connection with some of these practitioners. I mean, that aside from all the miraculous things we do for patients, the relationships that you feel like I, with Jennifer Sosnowski, we had her on and Jen talks. Oh my I said, God. That's like really? drinking. That's like drinking water from a fire hose is sitting down with Jen. I loved Jen. The minute I met her at one of the advanced, I'm like, you and I are going to be friends right now. And we instantly bonded. And she talked all functional medicine stuff that I didn't understand. And I talked all physical medicine stuff that she was like, what are you talking about? and even to this day like i i can instantly text her a question she will instantly text me back with amazing advice and there's something to be said for that and i don't know how to explain it
0: oh it's there's no doubt that you and i and she know each other because did she tell you how she
1: she did I, I when i had asked her to introduce herself she gave a little synopsis of how She met you. So many practitioners come to meet you with a little bit of skepticism, but sometimes with their own pain that they can't. But the headaches that she was talking about, the migraines, like she was, she talked about how close it came to not being very good for Jen. Yeah.
0: And she was, she talked about them. I can't, I think I even treated her when it wasn't during a break, it was like after the session and or something it was some time where and she was telling me about these headaches and i said come here lay down and she went what it's just never mind and it was two treatments i think it was she just had a c2 neuritis and suboccipital trigger points from an auto accident so it was ligaments it's it's the supine cervical practicum saved life and it's why she has a child okay
1: no and Once that happens to you, once you do that for a patient is one thing, but once that happens to you as a patient, as a person, especially as a medically trained doctor, you can't unsee that you can't undo that. So triple blinded peer reviewed study later, it doesn't matter because you know it. And it's like those practitioners you talked about in Ireland, those students I love having the manual therapists in the room because that was my experience. I knew what it would take to get a muscle to let go. And having experienced it turn to pudding within seconds isn't possible. It's not possible.
0: And we do it. And it's not only is it possible, it's predictable, it's reproducible. And when you look at, What we do, it's, we treat why the muscle is doing what it's doing. Right. We don't treat, so these are neuromuscular therapists, and we get to the end of this practicum. And then I say the thing, which is, you notice we have not done anything for the muscle. We have treated why the muscle is tight. And then there's the look. Yes. And then for those of you who think it should still be the fascia, let's just treat calcium influx into the fascia. What does fascia do? It becomes hard. So we do hardening in the fascia. And then you ask everyone of 20, four people did that do anything and they all looked up and went no and then you change 91 hardening to increase secretions in the fascia and just when you thought the fascia couldn't get any softer
1: it gets softer what it's just so And I'm right there with you too, with this fascia. I took the most amazing course while you were gone in all my spare time, it was on muscle spindles and GTOs and all the things that I geek out about and the video they showed of the neuro or the musculotendinous junction and the fascia that was around the tendon as it was sliding. I had to catch myself because I was live on zoom and I ended up, I was going closer and closer to the screen and my mouth was opening. And then I caught myself. I was like, whoops, sorry, because it was just amazing, but it, and I'm going to have to splice it into the sports course because it gave such a close up view of what the fascia looks like and the water and the movement. And there is a term for the softening of tissue. It's the and that's what we do with it's in the sports p thixotropy t i x o thixotropy i have to look it up now that it sounds funny is it medical terms for smush it is there's a medical term for smush so when i'm going to look it up right now when a and it's the term it's like jello okay jello goes from liquid it gets cold what happens to jello it firms up you take that jello you heat it up what happens it turns to liquid again that's what fascia can do so there's a medical term when the fascia does that thixotropy pretty sure that's it so the video that we looked at we always talk about making sure the patient is hydrated and but you can see when you have hydrated tissue how it can move up close. And I was right there seeing how we are affecting the tissue with FSM in that way. It was amazing. So I'm going to put those videos because they're public videos. So I'm going to make it public somehow and and have everybody see it.
0: Can we also suggest that might be the topic since we are no longer going to have a physical medicine and a visceral medicine track? I've had to promise you that last time. So you can explain to people how that, thixot- whatever. That I, I
1: just looked it up to make sure, because sometimes when you write a word and it says it's wrong, no, thixotropy, the property of becoming less viscous when subjected to an applied stress shown, for example, some gels become temporary fluid when shaken or stirred. And
0: who was it? Catherine just posted the same thing. So those of us that are really visual can see it. Yes. stirred shaken. Certain where gels whereby they become fluids when agitated, cellular so senescence. Interesting.
1: And it came when I wrote the sports advanced course. I was g- gathering some data with scarring and tissue and collagen and all this stuff. And I read a study about fascia, and it said it had thixotropic changes. And I was like, thixotropic. Blah, 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 Google. And I'm just like, oh, that's a medical term for smush. <laughs> that's it. Yeah.
0: Do we have okay. questions already? This is a question about Germany. What does oh. the MagHealy do that's different from just FSL? The Healy has three other applications when they use it in water. The first three are Nuno-Nina frequencies and frequencies from other databases. The Russians have been using frequencies since the 40s medically. The MagHealy is... A non-medical device, so I actually had to write a pre- my presentation for Sunday at this conference was what is the bio. Oh my God! Now I can't even remember it. Electromagnetic. What? Why would you want to harmonize the bioelectric field? What does harmony mean? Therefore, what is disharmony? And in our because because it's an over-the-counter device for patients without medical supervision, sold by people who are not tech necessarily medical providers, so it has no medical uses, but there's I'm the mcmahon portion, which is FSM, and I had to give them. 24. And then we added another four. So there's more that are going to be added. I just have to make sure they're okay to be used by non, for non-medical uses. So what is the bioelectric field? And what does harmonize mean? And to create a lecture that, leaves, that explains what FSM does and leaves out all of our scientific data And creates a lecture that is all basically quantum physics and philosophy, where they meet on the hill. And this was my conversation with Vicello at lunch, was what in quantum physics, he's convinced that FSM works because of water. Oh, and Jerry Pollock's coming back for the symposium yay i'm so excited and so is jim Oshman. so Stop. we're going to have another geeka fest of the best and juliana mortensen i invited everybody now i have to figure out how to schedule the best minds in biophysics in the world
1: it's going to be like a 5 a.m start to midnight
0: yeah like i could do that so we're just <laughs> going to the symposium and case reports so that's saturday and sunday wow and the advanced is Friday and Saturday. And and did I mention that I completely rewrote the advanced for the UK? You did? I did. Yeah, I, that actually happened. Anyway, where was I? Oh, that's what the MacKeeley is, the McMaken section of the MacKeeley. And it's a puck. It's in my suitcase still. I didn't unpack it yet. And it's straight up two-channel microcurrent device with 25 fsm protocols and we had to name them something harmony or Um, harmonizing something because you can't have anything medical so you can't talk about pain you can't talk about much of anything and that's because we are now big enough that we are on the regulatory watch they're watching us. And so we have to be very careful what we say about it. It was really fun. It was the coolest because when you think about what FSM does actually with tissues, I can talk about cell signaling in a mm-hmm. medical environment and talk about what cells do and how the frequencies affect cell signaling and what the cell does in response to its environment, to a medical audience. And y'all know what I'm talking about.
1: Right.
0: So it was really fun. So that's, uh, Catherine, I hope that answered your question. And everybody says you did great. There we go.
1: They have to say that, come on. And Julian has a question on the Q and A that might be a good time to throw that in now. Do you have?
0: Oh, leaf. what book did Ben, did Dave Burke receive from Ben Tavoli?
1: What oh, fuck? it was energy, med- not energy medicine. I think it was Neil. Nathan- we talked about so many books. It could have been Neil Nathan's energy diagnosis. I think that could have been, I have okay. it. I think that's what we could have been talking about. Energetic, energetic diagnosis by Neil Nathan. I think that's what the, what the, we were talking about. Correct me if I'm that? wrong. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, yeah. It's a good one. Yes. We needed two hours. Yes. Thanks leaf. Okay. So Julian's question says we were taught not to polarize negative, but it's alternating current, the same as polarized negative half the time. And is that fine? Likewise, if connecting the lead incorrectly red and green on the feet and black and yellow on the neck, will that have the same effect as polarized negative?
0: No, oh. because when you polarize the current positive, the this I got from George. What happens is it's an electronics. It's a thing on an oscilloscope it, that you have a square wave that goes positive and then negative. Basically, the negative portion of the waveform is just cut off. So you go polarized positive, square wave up. Then there's a space. And then there's another blip. And then another blip and a space and a blip and a space and a blip so basically instead of a regular positive negative alternating flow and that means the electrons move this way and then that way and then this way and then that way so what on an oscilloscope goes above and below the zero line that's current flow and the short version is that the electrons move this way and then that way and then this way and then that way. And the circuitry inside the machine makes it look like a square wave. When you polarize a positive, it's a blip in a space and a blip in a space. And it's possible there's some ideas about when you run continuous current the tissue gets used to it, ignores it, because it's, oh, yeah, it's electrons, whatever. And every class we do now, there's polarize a positive, and you then have it alternating, and then you switch it to positive. And in every class, it's now pretty much 50 50 how many patients go smush more with polarized positive and half of the i'm thinking of ireland right now half of the people nod their head or raise their hand and half of the patients prefer alternating and it was christine allcroft who use polarized negative, so polarized positive current. All of you physical therapists and people that use electrical stim and have been trained in that know that polarized positive sedates a nerve, and polarized negative activates it. And Christine was trying to treat spinal mus- muscular atrophy which is a genetic condition that is impossible. There is no gene to do what she did. And she used the sylphagio sulfeg- frequencies for repairing DNA and accidentally polarized it negative mm-hmm. and it worked out. And it's, excuse me, but it, all that means is the electrons moved that way instead of that way and there was a space so you polarized it it's a blip and a space and a blip and a space and when i'm really sorry for everybody that's non-electrical but the electrons the current goes this way and the electrons go that way that it is too painful to think about so don't even go there okay so, it's a blip and a space and a blip and a space going this way for polarized positive. And it's a blip and a space polarized negative, it goes the other way. So one, yeah. And that's the polarized negative. Now for the red and green and the black and yellow, as long as it was, long as it was so there was a period of time, almost five years. When the, when we had the gray leads way back in the prehistoric era, the yoke was labeled incorrectly. The black and yellow had a little plus next to them, and the red and green had little minuses under them. And that's when, but we still polarized a positive. So it really didn't matter because the electrons still went that way. But when I teach it, I have to teach red and green, black and yellow, because people really can't deal with, it doesn't matter. You, yeah. you need grammar and sentences and so that you have a feeling that you're doing it right. You guys okay out there? Is that all right? There we go. Oh, there we go. See, Lee Hollow, ulnar neuropathy condition with negative polarity. All right, back in Regular microcurrent 1989. See, isn't that cool?
1: I When I was like, writing the whole wipe and load part, when I was really fooling around with trying to coordinate and increase the drive to nerve, I, the PTA clinic gave me that. She's like, why don't you try it negative? I'm like, oh, I can't. <laughs> and then I'm like, but I will, and I will try. And it didn't do anything different. different. No, but...
0: Oh, Manette just said it's going to become a three day symposium. And if I, it's like, there's only so much time that people can take out of their practices. I, uh-huh. I worry about that makes it five days. If we do a two, if I can keep the advance to two days and we can do a three day symposium, we can't do it this year you uh-huh. have a telescope, Leaf.
1: And then Leaf asks polarized negative leads to muscle growth. No. No. no, I have tried that with so many athletes and
0: no, and in spinal muscular atrophy, it only worked better because it does whatever the opposite of sedating a nerve is. And in spinal muscular atrophy, you're treating the spinal cord, not the muscle. Right. Spinal cord is unable to produce an enzyme neurotransmitter enzyme that
1: makes muscles work. And to geek out a little bit on the training side, muscle growth has so many factors aside from just neural drive. So a a muscle hypertrophies, yes, initially you need the action potential to stimulate the muscle, but that hypertrophic change, the actual tearing and rebuilding is based on so many factors, genetics, nutrition, how fast it rebuilds. Speaking of rebuilding... Everybody's going to freak out. I started okay. the FSM Sports Game Changers podcast in all my spare time. I'm interviewing these trainers and it's not FSM based, but as we know, FSM is... Oops, sure, internet is glitchy. ...pieces of information to... It's a primarily physical medicine based group. I'm going to do that. So I had Dr. Charlie Weingroff on charlie's i had and i was able to nail down the john paul catanzaro who is the exercise physiologist that coined meth he is the brilliant mind who is doing all the heat and you he heard me talk what? about all this oh I- meth. Meth, right? Movement, elevation, traction, and heat. So he, he was on the podcast. So anybody wants to listen to that and all the. Oh, we're using heat. He, you can't dispute the data on how horrible ice can be and in, in certain settings. So going back to those hypertrophic changes, why it makes sense why athletes love FSM, because they're getting away from the ice baths, they're getting away from the vasoconstriction. You need vasodilation. You need those macrophages to come in and clean everything up and take it into circulation. And that's what FSM is promoting. So as he's talking to me about using heat, I'm like having these like explosions in my brain because
0: blood vessels, the frequency for the blood vessels is the same as treating. It's the
1: same for the muscle. 62. Does and that is why. That is why it works. So cool. it is so cool when you actually figure out why something works. So it's a phenomenal podcast. I ask everybody, just go to FSM Sports Game Changers on podcast or YouTube. It's episode, I think, three or four, John Paul Catanzaro. All of his data is on his website, but it really helps. And he even talks about how using heat is amplified by using microcurrent. And he does, he's not a microcurrent person. And then we talked after and he was like, oh, you're actually doing that because you're using the hot, wet towels and FSM.
0: Hot wet towels get cold, but. We'll have to, can you imagine what'll happen when he starts using FSM like DOMS and we're treating the blood vessel, the fascia and the torn and broken and the tendon? Yes. The speed up repair? Yes. Did you lay that on him?
1: Of course I did. Of course you did. Of course. I'm. But so proud. as we're going down the slippery slope right now, I have to interject with a thought because when I was talking to Dave Burke and Ben Catholi. We were talking about, I can't remember how we got onto this topic, but it was that moment where we talked that diaphragm and cerebellum are the same frequency. What's up and with that? Was, and that was my face. What's up with that? And then Ben, as only Ben Catholic can do, said, Of course it is, because breathing and movement need to be together. They need to be the same. They work together. That's what I said. And I had this like, I'm like, you're just like, let's, Poetic, stoic explanation of, of course, diaphragm and cerebellum are at the same frequency. Why wouldn't they? I'm like, yeah, I knew that.: And the look on
0: people's face when I talk about why you cough when you get a crumb of cornbread in your pharynx. So C three, four, and five.
1: Keep the diaphragm alive.:
0: Keep the diaphragm alive. Everybody learned that right? And there's a nucleus for that in the spinal cord. And so there's here's my three fingers, and there's C three, four, and five. Yeah. And there's a nucleus in the spinal cord for the vagus nerve, sensory fibers in the pharynx that co that make a nucleus in the spinal cord between the vagus and c three, four, and five. So The sensory fibers of the vagus stimulate C3, 4, and 5 to fire directly to the diaphragm so that you cough before the message from the spinal cord even gets to your sensory and motor cortex that says, hey, I have a crumb in my pharynx. Being aware of the crumb in your pharynx is not important. Coughing in the spinal cord, that's important. That just... Once you see the Vegas, you can't ever unsee it.
1: No, that is true. And it makes me want to just go back and call everybody before I knew how to treat the Vegas. They all need to fly to California and see me again. <laughs>
0: yeah, really sorry. It's like I want to call everybody that I saw between 1997 and 2008 and say, I'm really sorry. You should come back because I could fix that now. Because... Right. You have to turn on the vagus so you can turn down the immune system. So your back pain will get better. Excuse me.
1: I know. And that is such a concept when you throw out to somebody and they're just like, I. what? Okay. What
0: do you mean? Was I molested, abused, or did I have an accident or surgery prior to the age of seven? Right. What's that got to do with my low back pain and why I heal with inflammatory changes instead of heal normally? So, you talk to a, an audience about, you know, how the patient's x rays are horrible and they have no pain. Yeah. And you know how the patient's x rays are crummy looking, but not as bad as this other guy. Right. They have a little arthritis in their neck or low back, but they have horrible pain. No pain, bad, worse x rays, lots of pain. What's the difference? In the journal Spine, it says the difference is whether you heal with inflammatory changes or whether you heal without inflammation. What's in charge of that? The vagus. Oh, Oh, okay. So everybody that I saw between 1998 and 2000 and actually 18, you should come back.
1: What do you think, what are we seeing as far as how long results are lasting when we're treating the vagus for things that are? Good question. It depends on what's turning it off. I knew you were going to say that.
0: Yeah. The vagus is turned off by infection, stress, and trauma. So what is their living situation? How much stress are they under? Are they an MD that works in the emergency room, the OR, interventional cardiology, Certain medical specialties? Are they an athlete? Are they a police officer? Are they a newsaholic? Are they on social media all the time? what a, What's their life? Like? How stressful is it? Infection. So I treat my vagus every night because I have still a pocket in the back part of my sinus, the very bottom, where no drugs can get to it. I have a pocket of infection left over from my mold infection and my jaw infection. It's like, it's right there on the right-hand side. And the vagus is turned off by infection, stress, and trauma. So I have stress and I have infection. There we go. So I treat it every single night. How long does it last? I don't know. I do pretty well most of the day. It's, I'm an N of one, but you look at patients, infection, stress, and trauma.
1: Right.
0: So athletes every night. You turn it on. Why? Not because it's going to stay on, but because when they sleep is a time when the vagus digestion is quiet. So what does the vagus do at night while you're asleep? It's not doing much with infection, with digestion. So it's a good time to have a conversation between the vagus and the immune system. Nobody else to talk to. Your heart's beating, yes. I keep your Heart rate nice and slow. So the vagus is active during the night. Keep. The vagus controls the immune system, quiets the immune system, quiets blood sugar. That would be a good thing to do at night. You're not eating. You don't need glycogen, assuming you don't have sleep apnea. That's the other reason that treating sleep apnea is so important. So having that discussion. So I did this whole presentation on fatigue, the number one cause of fatigue is sleep deprivation. And we ask people about everything else except sleep. And we test for everything else except sleep apnea. And so the first purchase I made besides treatment tables and walls in the clinic was a watch pad so I could test for sleep apnea at home so that's how long is it going to last it depends it's like everything else so we had this chronic fatigue fibromyalgia patient in London and I and she was an 81 and 10 so she had a lot of muscle tendon pain because of loss of descending inhibition i treated her three nights in a row and when she got home she had a terrible time with maintaining the results she went from a seven incoming to a two for three days in a row and then something happened when she got home i'm not sure what that is anyway did I mention my brain is on three seconds satellite delay?
1: <laughs> and you can be with all the travel. I keep getting these messages. My internet is unstable and I am hard lined in. So I'm not sure what's going on. So if I am glitchy or whatever, I apologize. I almost made it for the full hour. So if I glitch out now and I end with two minutes to go, then you're going to lose me. So
0: it was before in the middle. There's some something in your house or your neighborhood that's using upload speed sometimes because every now and then you just yeah every now and then you just freeze but you look adorable so you always freeze in very flattering postures
1: that's a good thing and kevin is the master editor so i'm sure he can edit anything that is not flattering i want to make sure that we have all the questions and chat things i think we're good with the chat questions i think there were just little comments from leaf leaf asked why not 160 sinus
0: sinus because it's mold and oh there, see, it glitched out again yeah because it's mold and 160 is pathologic viral and it wasn't viral it was an anaerobic infection and we have frequencies for staph and strep i could try parasites because i had Entamoeba histolytica. I had a parasite. What do you call that little, an amoebic parasite, in my jaw, and so we could try other things, but I still don't think the frequencies are high enough to kill a a biological organism. The the frequencies that kill organisms are all in the hundred thousand, two hundred. It takes two frequencies simultaneously at over 100,000 Hertz to kill or explode a biologic organism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: FSM is below a thousand Hertz. And that's why I think that what our frequencies do is change signaling. So my vagal tone protocol has oh. mold and parasites. I should add parasites. That's a good idea. Thanks, Leif. Do you use the disposable watch pad? No, I, all of my patients are local. And so I have the permanent one because they see me, usually most of them come for a whole week. And I do the sleep study. It's, you ask the sleep apnea differential questions in the original history. And there are clues. So they go home for a sleep study the first night and I have the report back the next morning. And then I have the medical prescription back two days later from WatchPat. So I have an MD sleep specialist read the report. She writes the prescription. And then in a perfect world, they leave with having taken that prescription to 1-800-CPAP, they buy a CPAP and a basic mask from that company with that prescription on their last visit, they leave with a CPAP. That is a fatal condition. No, we don't treat sleep apnea with My
1: alarm's buzzing that our hour is up and my internet is still glitching and I need to race back to the clinic. So this is never long enough, yes. It's, it's really busy right now. And I'm sorry for all the new patients trying to book in your, it, my wait list is nothing compared to yours, but it's as busy as it's ever been right now.
0: Oh no. A wait list. That's when I was in the clinic and on division. I, my wait list was three months. I thought that was bad. Yeah. Well, I guess it's still three months. Cause I'm booking patients in new patients in January. I'm right. in
1: December right now, but
0: it's. Say again. Susan was asking me if you were available in April. So she's trying to help you out. Oh, Susan was asking if I was available in April. Did I? Okay. I'm going to Poland in March. Okay.
1: Never mind. Bye, everybody. We will see you all next week. And we'll catch up even more then. The Frequency-Specific Microcurrent Podcast has been produced by Frequency-Specific Seminars for entertainment, educational, and information purposes only. The information and opinion provided in the podcast are not medical advice, do not create any type of doctor-patient relationship, and unless expressly stated, do not reflect the opinions of its affiliates, subsidiaries, or sponsors, or the hosts, or any of the podcast guests or affiliated professional organizations.